Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. It's hard to resist grumbling against people who hurt you, but not only does that damage your relationship with that person, it damages your own heart. And it certainly doesn't help in your quest for joy in life. All it does is make you even less happy than you were. So what should you do with all that anxiety roiling inside when people mistreat you? So let's take a minute and just think through the kinds of things that typically cause you to grumble against uh, people in the church. In most cases, I think it's one of three things, and maybe you'll think of some other things, but I, I think of these three. Either they hurt you, or they did a poor job in ministry, or they committed some sin. <clears throat> so let's, look, let's think through the principles of peacemaking for each of those three. Some of you are, are really tempted to grumble against others when, when they hurt you. They do something that hurts you. Betrayal, gossip, uh, neglect, lack of love or support or warmth or loyalty in your friendship, ignoring you, failure to help you, Whatever. How can you be, when that happens, how can you be a peacemaker instead of a grumbler? Well, Scripture gives us some very clear principles on that. Um, First, overlook it. If it's small enough to overlook, just overlook it. And overlooking means you don't dwell on it, you don't think about it, you don't even talk about it, uh, and, and you don't allow it to have any impact at all in the way that you look at that person or think about that person. Okay? That's what overlooking means. You don't let it have any impact on how you feel about that person. If it's small enough to overlook, overlook it. You say, what if it's not that small? What if it's too serious to overlook? Well, then go deal with it. Go to the person. Go to the person, you and them, one-on-one, just like Jesus said in Matthew 18, just the two of you, and work it out. <laughs> that's, where we, that's where we fail, isn't it? We don't want to do that. We all hate conflict. Most people just hate conflict, and so they will not do this. They won't do it. You, you tell them to do it. You say, go to the person. You're, you're, you're grumbling about them. Go to them and work it out. No, 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 no. I, I, uh, it's not that big a deal. Hey, yeah, I didn't, I don't, there's no need for me to go talk to the person. I don't want to make a federal case out of it. It's not a big deal. It's not a big, big enough deal to where I, have to go, I can go, need to go deal with it. But it is a big enough deal to where I can't completely overlook it. And so it's affecting my attitude towards the person. Listen, that's how relationships are destroyed. You can't overlook it, but you won't go deal with it. And so it just sticks in your heart and it starts to poison your attitude. And then something else happens, same thing. You, you can't overlook it, you won't deal with it, it sticks. It starts to poison you and, 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 and then something else and something else and something else and until there's a pile of grievances and, and most of them now you can't even remember what they are but you've built up such resentment and so much bitterness in your heart that you find it impossible now to love that person. This is how marriages are destroyed, one after the other. It's how churches are destroyed, one after the other. Here's what we need to understand. There is no such thing as an offense that is too big to overlook but too small to confront. It doesn't exist. If you cannot overlook it completely, you must go to the person and work it out. Do everything you can to work it out. Everything in your power. 
But when you do that, do it, Galatians 6, 1, gently, gently, with humility, not with pride, not with hostility, not with a pointing finger, gently, go as a peacemaker. Ken Sandy says there are three kinds of people. Number one, those who respond to a conflict with hostility and anger, those are the peace breakers. Number two, those who respond to a conflict by withdrawal and running away, pretending it doesn't exist, those are the peace fakers. And then number three, God calls us to be peacemakers, people who courageously deal with the problem and, and, and humbly bring about peace. And if we want guidance on how to do that, just go back to chapter 3, verse 17. He gave us the whole, he gave us all the ingredients for peacemaking, right, in one verse. Starts with purity in your own heart. Then you go with a peace-loving attitude. I'm not trying to shame the person. I'm, I'm not trying to win an argument. I'm not trying to make them feel bad. I'm trying to, I'm not trying to get them to even change their behavior necessarily um, so that my life will be easier. I'm trying to make peace. I'm trying to make peace. Thirdly, be considerate. Before you go tell them what they did wrong, make sure you have considered, make sure you understand their point of view. Put yourself in their shoes. Think about it. Sympathize with the kinds of temptations they're dealing with, the kinds of struggles they're dealing with, and and that may have led them to do what they did to hurt you. Think about that. Keep working and understanding their point of view. Ask lots of questions. Find out what's going on in their heart. Before you start telling them what they did wrong, find out until you can verbalize it, until you can say to them, hey, is is this what you're thinking? Is is it this? And and you say it and, and you're done and they say, yes, yes, that's exactly it. When you can do that, when you can get to that point, I guarantee you, once you do that, they will be a hundred times more receptive when you come around and say, well, here's something for you to consider. And if you find this happening to you a lot, you're just always needing to do this. You're always at odds with someone every time you turn around. You're always offended. Uh, you're frequently hurt. You're frequently disappointed in someone if that's you, this is going on and on and on all the time with lots of people, you might need to go back to the beginning of chapter 4 where he talks about hostile desires. Because when this happens to someone a lot, typically it's because they, they have underlying hostile desires. Remember, a hostile desire is a desire, that, uh, is a desire for something that if I don't get it, I'll get mad. That's a hostile desire. If you, if you don't get it, you'll get mad. Um, it's a, a hostile desire is a symptom of looking to that thing for your joy instead of God. Amen. It's idolatry. And if you find yourself getting mad at people a lot, you know, you're mad at people for not paying attention to you, you're mad at them for not comforting you the right way, you're mad because they're not showing compassion, you're mad because they're not paying attention, enough attention to you, you're not spending enough time with you, and you respond to all that with anger... It's because you've made an idol out of their attention and their compassion and their whatever it is you're desiring. You've made an idol out of that and that's why you're getting angry when you don't get it. And if that's the case, there's nothing they can do that will help the problem. Nothing. If they stop hurting you, all that'll do is mask the problem. But the problem is in your heart. You need to look to God alone for your joy. Stop looking to their behavior. Another time we're tempted to grumble uh, at others is when they do a poor job in ministry. So all that was under the, 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 the heading of, of when they hurt you. So we tend to grumble when people hurt us. That's one time. We tend to grumble against people when we see them committing sin. Right? And you might even think there, again, you're justified, you're, you're, your grumbling is justified because, because they, what they're doing really is sinful, really is evil. 
But what does a peacemaker do when he witnesses somebody committing a sin? I love the summary that Ken Sandy gives in the Peacemaker, the book, The Peacemaker. He talks about the four G's, if you can remember these G's. First, glorify God. Make sure everything, every step of the way, you're bringing glory to God. Everything you're doing, bringing glory to God. Number two, get the log out of your own eye. Number three, gently restore, Galatians 6.1, with humility, gently restore. And then number four, go and be reconciled. Urgency, just the two of you. And he has a great, very, very helpful checklist in the appendix of that book, The Peacemaker, on, on how to make sure you're doing each of those four the right way. It's just, it's just uh, thoroughly biblically sound. Uh, I could hardly re- recommend that book uh, enough. In fact, I was working on rewriting my book on that, and I decided to just quit once I read that book because he's got it. It's, it's, it. There's no need for another book. So, so, so whether it's a situation where, where someone hurt you or, or someone's doing a poor job in ministry or someone sinned in some way, none of those are good reasons to grumble against each other. And none of those are excuses that will fly when you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ on that day when he returns and, and requires you to give an explanation for why you were willing to destroy the precious unity of his church by grumbling. As Christians, our goal is to be peacemakers. James said, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. That's what we all want, right? A harvest of righteousness? But we often fail. In your case, when you fail at peacemaking, how does it usually go? Do you tend to be a peacebreaker or a peace faker? Are you the type who tends to get angry and disrupt the peace even further? Or are you one who always wants to avoid conflict and run away, sweep it under the rug, lie about it, do whatever you have to do to avoid conflict? If you're a peace breaker, you'll want to pursue humility. If you're a peace faker, you need to work on courage. So do you have any disturbances of the peace in your life right now that need to be addressed? A talk that needs to happen? Someone who needs to be confronted, or someone you need to apologize to, try to make things right? Don't put it off any longer. Now is the time to deal with it. Let's pray. Father, while I was still your enemy, you reconciled me to yourself through the death of your Son. And if you did that, how much more, having been reconciled, Will I be saved through his life? So I rejoice in you through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom I have now received reconciliation. Teach me, Father, how to help those who have turned from your path to return to you. Give me success as I try to bring peace between them and you and between them and me. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.